0: Welcome back, creeps. Hey, y'all. This is take two because we're fucking amateurs over here. And yeah. And we only recorded one track. Yep. Dulce was just telling us about her super stressful week because her dad had to go for emergency surgery last uh-huh. week. But he's all good. He's
1: fine. He's fine.
0: But tell us about his so tube they, being removed.
1: They put in a discharge tube on his side, like in his side. Yeah. And um, to like suck out all like the fluids the remaining fluids
0: sorry if you're reading
1: um (laughs) and so today was the day that he had to get it removed and so we went in and i was asking the nurse is this gonna hurt him or is it just gonna feel weird because he's literally gonna feel the sensation of something being pulled out of him yeah and he's like it depends on she was like it depends on the person really but for the most part a lot of the patients say that it's just uncomfortable and i was like okay cool And so um, she was cutting the sutures and she was like, now I don't know how long this is going to be because sometimes the doctor puts in long tubes. Sometimes she makes them short. I was like, okay. So she cuts the sutures to loosen up the tube. Uh, from his side, and she pulls it out, and I'm like, oh, my God, and she keeps pulling it out, <laughs> and she keeps pulling tube out, and I'm just like, when the fuck is this going to end? You know what it's like? It's like when clowns are doing that trick where the handkerchiefs are tied together, and yeah, they're pulling yeah. it out of their sleeve, and you just don't know where it's going to end. It's like that, but with my dad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Gross.
1: Yeah, it was wild.
0: I but- am not like... <laughs> I'm not super squeamish. I can watch things, but I'm also, like, I know for a fact that I could never be a person who has to...
1: To do that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like, even I was just about to say, like, install things like that in people. (laughs) (laughs) I am not, like, the nursing type. But that being said, yeah, it was a pretty stressful few days. Yeah. Running around to the hospital and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, these days are definitely the easier days. Like, it's just up from here.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, everything's fine now. Just follow-up appointments and stuff like that. Yeah. And then, yeah, I had, like, I was just here, like, making sure the house didn't fall apart or anything. I was like, I'll stay out of the way. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, you're just very, I'll stay out of the way and clean everything that I can see.
0: Exactly. Um, And in the meantime, I have recommendations for people. Mm. Um, I had a music recommendation. I can't even remember what it was. But if any of you have watched my ghost town or no just ghost town living Uh that was my latest obsession i've watched all the videos on youtube check it out let me know or if you've already seen it like just message me so we can talk about it
1: um i'm not sure if i recommended this podcast before but i'm really enjoying um get played i they used to be called how did this get played and they wanted to change the format of their podcast because it's like they were tired of playing games that were shit
0: yeah, because like awful.
1: that was a the theme of their podcast. Like, how did people play this crappy game? It mm-hmm. was like it. They would discuss like a lot of obscure video games that I had never even heard of, like like from was, the
0: nineties and stuff. Like,
1: yeah, um, there was like uh, a game for Pepsi. Like Pepsi came out with a video game. Uh, Domino's came out with a video game, and like I think there was a Seven Up game. Like these random ass games that just yeah. came out, and they were just like, "How did people play these?" But now they changed the format, and now they're just—it's called Get Played, and it's the same people, um, the same three hosts, and they're playing cool games. And they also have like a, a Patreon. I I haven't joined the Patreon yet. I'm thinking about watching uh, um, of subscribing to it, yeah, um, because they have their Patreon is Get Animated. And so they're discussing like different, um, right now they're on Evangelion, Neon Evangelion. They're watching that anime and they're discussing each episode. That's pretty cool. Yeah.
0: And I did actually just see, because I uh, enjoyed that show too. They're also playing Stray, which is that really cool, basically cat Grand Theft Auto.
1: They're not playing it. Oh, I don't know if they're playing it yet because I'm not caught up on, caught up on the episodes.
0: I saw on their Instagram that oh,
1: they were... Okay, so that's really cool that yeah. I get to look forward to that.
0: And also, I think Dulce is going to be playing that game soon.
1: Well, I'm going to be playing it in the background because I don't know, like... Are oh, you just going to
0: play it for yourself? Like for myself, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, right
1: na- like on Twitch right now, I'm playing this game called When the Past Was Around. And it's a lot of like... It's a point and click game, right? And you're learning the story of this person. Mm-hmm. But... Um, it's a lot of puzzle, you know, okay. to get to the next thing. And I'm not completely, um, confident in my puzzle solving abilities. And I, I, from what I saw when you were playing, I knew that I was like, oh man, it's probably going to be a while. Are you talking like about stray? Stray. Yeah. Like, oh. I, I don't think I would, like, it would be a long stream of me trying to figure out probably like like the dumbest puzzle and i just can't seem to figure it out
0: yeah i am um, because i actually played stray as well because i saw it and i just thought it was actually our friend kirsten um who listens to the show she sent me the thing i think oh okay I, yeah first and it was like just before i came out so I was like fuck it yeah i'm gonna get it yeah and yeah i haven't completed it because i have an awful habit of playing a game right up to the end and then just gone <laughs> and i did exactly that but anyway It is fantastic. And I'm pretty sure I had to Google like a few things. Yeah. Here and there. Just to get me through because I'm not into that. Like Mm -hmm. and some of it, yeah, it is very specific. Um but yeah, that's cool. All right. That was a nice little ramble.
1: Yeah.
0: Also, thank you everybody for the lovely messages, just of like, you know, yay, we're back, kind of thing. That was really cool. Some nice supportive messages and stuff. Yeah. And then thirdly, our Patreon tiers i've deleted all of them except for the two dollar one so going forth because we basically we just don't have the time to do like extra content and stuff like that like consistently but if you would still like to contribute or whatever help us out it's a two dollar tier and it's just to pay for um like i have to buy books every week pretty much yeah uh, an audible account so as i can listen to said books while i'm at work or whatever and then like you know if stuff breaks here, like microphones, whatever, we just want to, yeah, cover all. You know, this angles is purely,
1: yeah, this is purely going to be for maintenance because we invested our own money in all of this stuff. So, and and like it would help for your books, like that would. Be oh yeah, because cool. like just to I'll, maintain your research.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Anyway. So that's there. If you guys feel like it, it'd be much appreciated. Oh, and then one of our listeners, Haley. Reached out to us, like, a few weeks ago, I think.
1: Uh Uh-huh.
0: Feels like ages ago now. Asking us if we wanted to do... Or if we wanted her to give us, like, an intuitive reading, she Uh called it. Uh And it was really cool. Yeah. It was interesting. We did it on uh, Saturday, just gone. And, uh, yeah, I feel like we were talking about it afterwards. Uh And I was saying, like, I feel like I'm just a harder person. Like, if talking to you, like, right now, I would just tell you everything but i feel like spiritually (laughs) like closed off or something like yeah you know scary shit doesn't normally happen to me and my few interactions with like i guess intuitive people or like mediums or whatever it hasn't really penetrated anything like it kind of just blank walled but it was definitely interesting like she picked up on a lot of cool things yeah and for you you felt like it was a lot more like nail on the head for you personally
1: right for the most part yeah for sure yeah Mm -hmm. i enjoyed it
0: oh yeah it was great like Mm -hmm. and it was just really nice to actually chat with somebody like it felt like we already knew her anyway you know yeah and i can't remember how they wanted to be contacted like because this is a service that they offer Mm -hmm. um so for right now what i'm going to suggest is if you reach out to us if you want your own intuitive reading and then we can put you in touch with Haley, because I just don't want to go giving out all of their information over here. Like, yeah, you know what I mean, uh huh. But yeah, definitely, if it's something that you're interested in, reach out to us, and we'll get you in touch. Because it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And now, give us a tarot card, Dulce.
1: Okay. So today's tarot card <laughs> is the High Priestess, and today's message is what you most need to know today. You'll find within yourself. Answers will come to you if you can quiet your mind. So seek a quiet, solitary place and just listen to the voice that comes from deep inside you. And I thought that card was very fitting for me today because I did meditation today for and I hadn't done it in a in a really long time. And that was actually one of the things that Haley suggested to me because I have like really disruptive sleep because of all the dreaming, all the vivid dreaming that I have like literally every night. Yeah. Um so I felt like it was really Like, you know, honestly, I think it was like catching up to me today. And I just felt awful this morning, completely awful. But I took five minutes to meditate and I felt so refreshed afterwards. I felt completely normal after that.
0: Yeah. And judging purely on your texts that (laughs) that you were sending to me, you definitely felt better afterwards. (laughs) You were a lot more pleasant to deal with. But yeah, I figured we would just, uh, Take our time getting into things today.
1: Yeah. I think
0: we've covered all that we wanted to talk to uh, talk about, though, right? Yeah. Because I want to relax and take our time going forward. Yeah. Because I know like a lot of people are like straight into the story and stuff like that. But as I was editing last week's episode, number one, we we're just out of practice, I feel like anyway. And it felt very... Um, rushed. Yeah, rushed and just i didn't enjoy it that much i was like "Ah, uh just it sounded like i was just reading yeah you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like a six-year-old um and this week might be the same but anyway i just wanted to touch base with everybody good yeah
1: good i feel i feel seen now (laughs) after how long it's been two years since we've been doing this
0: (laughs) yeah all right but with that being said i'm gonna get into it now so just a quick refresher Last week, we did a quick rundown on what we will be referring to as the Sherman Ranch. Uh We just did like a brief overview of the history of the area and some possible explanations as to some of the strange goings on experienced by literally thousands of individuals at this stage. Now, obviously, everybody listening knows that we love a good haunting story, like a good black and white ghost in the house because someone was murdered back in the day. Easily explainable fright, right? Uh
1: Mm-hmm.
0: This is not the case with this story. This is not the story for you. (laughs) Now, in fact, this is an almost perfect example of high strangeness and how all of the classic, like, quote unquote, symptoms of a haunting or of an alien abduction of a cryptid sighting can be all linked together. And the author of Hunt for the Shin Stalker does touch on this a little bit, but there's so many cases where these occurrences or experiences overlap And the people investigating purposefully choose to ignore certain aspects of the story to tailor for them.
1: Ah, interesting.
0: Yeah, and what I mean by that is, like, it's nobody's fault necessarily.
1: It's just not their field of expertise.
0: Yeah, and, like, if someone turns around and says, hey, I think I saw a UFO last night. And then, so, a MUFON investigator shows up. MUFON, in particular, have a very strict set of, like, questions and how they go about uh, interviewing and stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. But if that person then says, you know, I think my house might be haunted too, then the on investigators are either going to, like, more than likely just ignore that aspect or just not take the individual seriously anymore because, you know, they're clearly a nut who just believes in anything. Yeah. The same goes for someone who is investigating a haunted location and then they discover that the experiencer also believes that they were abducted by aliens. Yeah. I'm not saying all investigators are researchers, but traditionally that's what happened, especially if the investigator was trying to write a book or get a paper published in their specific field. Like, they had to be oh so careful because there's such a fine line between what is considered scientifically viable and, like, just fucking insane. And that line can be anywhere on the map depending on who you're trying to sell your ideas to. And, like, I'm guilty of this too. I've been engrossed in discussions about, like, Oh, my house is haunted, or you know, I saw the white lady on the hill or whatever, people telling me their story, and then they'll mention one other thing, like, I'm the king of the fairies, by the way. Yeah. And I'll be like, ah. Oh, that was a really cool story, but <laughs> they actually doing <just> not <laughs> And that's an actual thing that happened to me before. And now this person was like definitely not all right. Yeah. Um
1: No, I feel you on that because it's like I, I forgot who I was watching. But they were discussing, like, ghost stuff or, like, paranormal stuff. And they were like, but but Bigfoot's not real. No, they were talking about time travel stuff. And they are like, but Bigfoot's not real. And I'm like, Bigfoot is a creature that transcends space and time. Like, how do you not? Like, they obviously go together. Like, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah. And, like, that, again, this is the theory that we love.
1: Yeah, and then right now, someone listening is going to be like, oh, well, she's... Yeah, I'm going to turn this shit off. Yeah, because she's obviously fucking nuts.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But in my opinion, I think it's more about the experiencer's perception and, like, point of reference to what they are experiencing. Yeah. You know, so, like, little little gray aliens visiting in the middle of the night or fairies that are playing tricks on you. yeah. It just depends on what you believe, where you come from, what you perceive. And I understand that. Like, personally, I like to use the term fairies for Mm -hmm. just about everything. I'm like, ah, like something's up to no good. It's a fair, like, you know what I mean? It doesn't necessarily mean that I believe in Tinkerbell. Like, it's just the word that I choose for this type of thing. Yeah. Like the other day when I was in my car driving and I was thinking, man, it's getting a bit hot. And then the air conditioning in my car just turned on randomly.
1: Yeah. How do you spe- how do you explain that?
0: Yeah. So and I'm I'm talking like as soon as I fucking thought this. So
1: And it's not a high tech car where there's like touch screens or yeah, like no, no, no. automatic start. No, it's like an older car. Yeah,
0: it's a little bit it's a little bit older.
1: <laughs> it is it makes noise when you're
0: it needs some love and attention. But no, it was just one of those things. I always think either it's family or friends messing with you, uh-huh. or it's unexplainable, it's fairies. Yeah. And that's just what I choose to, the vocabulary that I choose to, to express these things. Anyway, all that to say that the author, Colin Kelleher, did his best to cover all aspects of this story, and it has definitely fallen into the UFO extraterrestrial genre just because of the vast majority of the experiences on record. But we are going to start this week's episode with the type of activity that we're used to hearing about here at Casa del Creep. Yay. When we left them last week, the Sherman family were just moving their belongings into the homestead and getting to work readying the land for their prize Angus and Simmental cattle when they encountered a gigantic living dead direwolf thing that inexplicably disappeared into thin air when Terry and his son went after it. It was the autumn of 1994. I remember it like it was yesterday. So I mentioned before that Gwen had a job off ranch in the local town, but I think it might have been like part-time or just an evening shift because she was alone in the house more than anyone from what I can gather. And pretty soon she started questioning her memory and even her sanity.
1: Can relate.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So it started like so many other stories, just little things going missing here or there. And, like, she'd find them later in a totally random place. Spatulas disappearing while she was cooking, only to show up in the fridge or the microwave.
1: Oh. Speaking of which, uh, speaking of spatulas showing up in the fridge, did I ever tell you about that time where I put in tortillas in a kitchen towel into the microwave? And when I took out the kitchen towel, the tortillas were gone. Because when I took out the towel, they (laughs) fell on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) And I was looking everywhere for them. (laughs) My God. Anyways, go on.
0: (laughs) Well, anyway. Yeah, so this was happening frequently enough that she started to think that it was one of the kids just playing games with her. But one evening, an irate Terry burst into the house demanding to know who had hidden his post digger. (laughs) What? (laughs) Okay. Gwen and the two kids had been in the house for hours at this point. The kids were doing their homework at the kitchen table nobody had taken any post diggers <laughs> terry had been trying Thank to, god yeah <laughs> terry had been outside trying to mend a fence which definitely sounds like a euphemism but he was <laughs> rushing to get it done before dark he had left the post digger on the ground and went to get a wrench from his truck but when he came back just a minute later the thing was gone and this post digger weighed a hefty 70 pounds oh wow yeah right this thing is like this is not just a screwdriver or something like
1: yeah it's a post digger for it's God's a saying. post digger for <laughs> God's sake. think of the post
0: diggers <laughs> but they all went outside and tried to look for it and ended up giving up after a half an hour two nights later he stormed into the house again this time trying to see which one of them had stolen his pliers The author said that Terry was seething with anger. Mm. He had placed them on the fence post, which I'm assuming he had placed there with the use of the post digger. Right. He turned around and when he turned back, they were gone. Now I'm envisioning Terry just playing peekaboo with his uh, pliers, like (laughs) putting them on the post, turned around, be like, ah. (laughs) (laughs) But then just being so mad when he turns around (laughs) and not there anymore. Yeah. But again, The whole family all go out looking and they don't find anything. This time, Gwen, like, kind of owns up and tells them that she was also experiencing some odd things. Mm -hmm. Terry just went quiet. Same, like, when the wolf disappeared. That terrifying dad silence where you can almost hear an ulcer brewing within them (laughs) as their teeth grind away. (laughs) (laughs) Just like... Over the course of the family living in the house, which was only around two years, actually, like, less than that. Oh, wow. Yeah, they had so many bizarre experiences, which obviously we'll get into. But there was other trickster or poltergeist activity going on constantly, from small annoyances to genuinely creepy things going on. My personal favorite nuisance was the family would find salt in the pepper shaker and pepper in the salt shaker.
1: (laughs) Uh, Were they not, like, transparent?
0: Apparently not. But the worst thing about it was was when they thought they had it, like, ah, oh, the salt's in the pepper shaker again <laughs> they would go and grab the pepper shaker, thinking it was the salt shaker, shake it on, and it was in fact pepper again. Uh, like this thing was messing with them.
1: Oh my god, that sounds so chaotic. Yeah, just like the most <laughs> annoying like small
0: thing. But it happened so much that they all got into the habit of just pouring it into their hands. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like <laughs> And then, like, one time Gwen had stocked up on a bunch of different cereal because it was, like, calving season. Mm-hmm. And so she was just getting, like, loads of snacky foods ready for everybody because okay. it's just a hectic time, I guess. And this never happened in our house, by the way, Mom, if you're listening. We only <laughs> ever had Frosted Flakes <laughs> and Weetabix. a But she came home anyway with all these d- different random boxes and they all disappeared. Yeah, they were just wow. gone. And then they would randomly show up, like, staggered, like, one was in the oven, one was in the fridge, one was in the freezer. The fuck? Yeah. And then another occasion... I wonder
1: if when they opened it, were they ever stale? I... I know, this is a dumb question. I was just curious. I mean... For some reason, like, because they're transcending time and space, so it's like, did they get to a point where maybe some of them were stale? I don't know. Interesting.
0: I don't know. (laughs) Um... On another occasion, Gwen returned home from the grocery store, put everything away in the cupboards where they belonged, only to come back a few hours later and find every single item back on the kitchen table where she had originally put them and in the shopping bags. Oh, like, back in the grocery bags. That yeah.
1: is an interesting detail.
0: What upset Gwen even more was that Terry, oh, Terry. <laughs> Terry suggested that maybe she just thought she had put everything away.
1: Oh, my God. She had
0: actually just forgotten to put everything away.
1: Awesome, Terry. Terry. What what a help you you are. (laughs) You (laughs)
0: slut. And then, like, another common Gwen-focused occurrence was when she showered, like, her general habit was to put her hairbrush and towel on the counter near the shower and lock the door.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: So, like, obviously everybody does it so you can get out and grab them and not get everything soaking wet. But every so often, not every time, but just every now and then, they wouldn't be there when she got out of the shower. Mm. But the bathroom door would still be locked. And then they would just show up randomly throughout the house.
1: This just sounds like my sister fucking with her husband. Like, when she, what she likes to do is... And see, I don't even know if the door to the bathroom, like, truly locks or if her husband just doesn't lock the door for whatever reason. I have no idea because he should know better by now. Yeah. But um he brings in his clean underwear into the bathroom with him. <laughs> and what she'll do is while he's in the shower, she'll replace his clean underwear with the underwear he that he just took off, his dirty <laughs> underwear. And so when he gets out of the shower, he puts on his dirty underwear without realizing it. And, my, and when he gets out of the bathroom, my sisters there to laugh at him.
0: Jesus Christ, that's like really involved for some reason. Like, this is a common occurrence at the house. Yeah. Like, okay.
1: Wow. Well, it's just something she enjoys doing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's just so next level to like just take it anyway. So from the first t- so from the first day living in the house, they all felt as though they were being watched. Locked doors would slam open and shut randomly. The family would hear voices seemingly coming from the sky in different languages. They heard heavy bootsteps going all around their house from like window to window. And they even saw a black faceless figure looking in through the windows at them. How they didn't just leave. Yeah. And the worst part was that eventually this activity started happening inside the house. Oh. The footsteps would come inside the house. Oh. They would see the shadows like moving and stuff like this. Yeah. And this other kind of like trickster stuff was hounding them outside of the homestead too. Irrigation head gates were found open when they should have been closed or vice versa. Water hoses would disappear and then be found in unusual places, always rolled into a neat circle three to four feet in diameter.
1: Huh.
0: A ton of wood in a field was moved from one side of the field. To the opposite side of the field. (laughs) Over the course of 30 minutes. Yeah. Tools would constantly go missing while people were working. Even a chainsaw one day. Somebody just put it down. It was gone. Disappeared and then just reappeared 100 yards away. Oh. Just to be like, oh, I'm over here now. Yeah. (laughs) You sound like Andy. Yeah. (laughs) And... (laughs) Terry got a flea collar for one of his dogs one day.
1: Okay. He had
0: I don't know why this one particular dog. But anyway, the dog came back without the flea collar on and he was like, "Okay, well, whatever." But then the next day it came back and it had the flea collar on again. What the fuck? Yeah. Like just the most weird little details yeah. like and one of the more well-known incidents was when Tad, who is the son, this is the name in the book. I don't know his actual name. Yeah. But Tad and some of his friends were given the task of moving approximately 200 metal corral poles of varying length and weighing from 25 to 150 pounds each from like here to there. I don't know where. And the lads finished up around noon after about four hours of solid work. But at four o'clock when Terry walked in and asked Tad, why hadn't they moved the pool? Why hadn't they? Why hadn't they moved the poles? The lads all went to see what he was talking about because they had put in the hard grass. Right, right. Sure enough, the poles are back where they had been that morning.
1: Oh, no. But
0: not where they had been originally piled.
1: Oh. Okay.
0: The indentation on the grass showed that something had definitely moved the whole pile, but just about an inch or two.
1: Interesting. Yeah.
0: And this, for me, reminded me of the, remember the Lindley Street poltergeist case? Everything that happened, like they would lift TVs and stuff and it would be put down almost exactly, yeah yeah yeah. just slightly askew so you definitely knew that you saw what happened
1: i think it's amazing your mind is beautiful that you remember like the names of these specific
0: (laughs) this is my life now (laughs) um no but it's just it seems to be so in intently done just so as the experiencer is like Oh no! i definitely did see that happen yeah because if it went exactly back they would be questioning their sanity to the point right that, "No, I, I i'm just imagining things
1: those are such interesting details though yeah to leave you know
0: and speaking of that like fuck you energy
1: yeah that's what it is fuck you energy
0: <laughs> terry's post hole digger
1: the uh-huh. one that went missing yeah yeah is it in the fridge
0: oh it's better than the fridge it, w- <laughs> it was eventually found 20 feet up a random tree on the property. What? Yeah. And it was only found the day after he had gone out and bought a brand new one.
1: Ah. Uh, so whatever
0: this thing was seemed to be like sentient. Like, you know Yeah,
1: yeah. It's like today he's gonna go buy one. Yeah. So I'm gonna put up a tree. Oh. <laughs>
0: and <laughs> I will also say that the report, because I've heard that story from like a few different sources and it ranged from like 10 feet to 40 feet
1: god damn that's a huge difference yeah
0: i'm saying 20 feet
1: in the happy medium
0: yeah um and when the family had finally gotten all of their cattle settled on the land and were fully moved in yeah terry's nephew dave had been sent to the ranch i don't know whose idea it was but dave was not the ranching type okay okay dave was me as a
1: kid,
0: <laughs> as much as I would love to be now, you know, volunteer at a ranch to help these, like, you know, yeah, yeah. poor donkeys, as a child, I was not. My mom's best <laughs> friend still says that I was not a real boy growing up. <laughs> and I agree. I'm not I, a city boy, gentle, uh, clean, not yeah. built for the ranch life.
1: <laughs>
0: but Terry was going to change that.
1: Oh, okay. He was going to put calluses on his hands. Oh,
0: yeah. He might not have made the boy, but he'd certainly make him a man. (laughs) And one example of Terry making him a man was one evening, knowing that Dave was terrified of the dark.
1: Mm -hmm. No.
0: Terry decided to break the fear and take him on a walk around the land. Because this was just like in the night, like in the dark. Okay. Because this is a nightly thing Uh that like they have to do as ranchers. Okay. Just make sure that everything is where it should be. All the cows are in the yeah, yeah. field. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Tad went along too and the three of them were just having a lovely little stroll. When okay. Terry noticed a light in a field about half a mile to the west. and Terry had no time for trespassers. Trespassers.
1: Terry, no t-
0: Terry had no time for trespassers. They picked up the pace and headed off towards the light which seemed to be coming from an RV or a camper of some sort. Okay. So Terry just thought, it's poachers or someone like, you know, using his land when they shouldn't be.
1: Yeah.
0: and I'm picturing Dave being like, "Um, maybe we could just let them stay there for the night, Uncle Terry. Yeah, <laughs> you know?
1: maybe we should deal with this in the morning.
0: Yeah, either that or maybe Dave had seen Breaking Bad and he was like, this is meth country. <laughs> the <laughs> lads are just out there. So they get about 200 yards from the RV and it starts moving away from them. The boys all start a light jog and Terry didn't want this RV owner breaking any of his fences mm-hmm. this, uh, fence mending seems to be a huge part of owning a ranch
1: well yeah i'd assume that the like, cows probably fuck them up often. yeah
0: i just say build stronger fences oh. that's, just me, <laughs> that's just me controversial <laughs> <yet> brave <laughs> <statement>. yeah brave <laughs> statement he thought it was an rv because it had headlights at the front and a red light at the back like a taillight. And it was about the size of an RV, but as it moved away from them, he started to notice how smooth it was traveling through the field. Mm. Like, like sure. not
1: someone holding a flashlight or something or someone's car.
0: Yeah. Or like a car driving through a field is going to yeah. be not like bouncing through yeah. holes and ruts and shit. Or
1: like if they're walking with a torch, you're going to see it bouncing.
0: Yeah. 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 And people don't have taillights
1: oh shit yeah <laughs> usually usually
0: <laughs> i don't know about you they noticed that the more they ran the rv like was keeping the same distance it wasn't getting any further and it wasn't getting any and they weren't getting any ground on it it was just a constant 200 yards so away it
1: was from. an rv for sure
0: this is what okay i thought it was the boys running at full speed now to catch walter and jesse in the act <laughs> they then see it Start to lift off the ground. Oh. And they realize that it's actually going over the fences. So, whoa. What kind of meth fueled off road RV is this? Yeah. In their heads, it was still like, oh, it has to be an RV.
1: Yeah.
0: So they had finally chased it down to the last pasture in the western corner of the ranch. And Terry thought to himself, we've got the bastards cornered now. Okay. This pasture had a five foot barbed wire fence. All the way around the edge to mark the end of the property. Uh Beyond that was a line of Russian olive trees, 50 feet high. Suddenly, the two young lads let out a gasp as the lights from the RV rose once more. Only this time, they kept going over the last fence, over the trees, to the fresh, clear night sky. Where they got a good look at it and saw that this was not, in fact, an RV, but an oblong shape. (gasps) Like a fridge, for some reason, that's what, what? everybody calls it—the fridge incident. Yeah, in the sky.
1: Wow.
0: Silently, they watched it disappear into the distance, silent as it had been throughout the entire chase. They realized, not once had yeah. they heard the noise of an engine or anything that should have gone along with wow. a vehicle this size.
1: Yeah, yeah. Not even the humming of a fridge.
0: Not even the humming of the fridge. <laughs> But there was one small sound that night. What? It was Dave.
1: Oh, God. Poor Dave, crying oh, in a strange no, dark place. Dave.
0: He went to his parents. He went back to his parents not long after. And he never went
1: back. I don't blame him. Poor Dave.
0: Poor Dave. <laughs> <laughs> a few weeks later, was He's there, like,
1: he- I don't want to fucking farm ever again, <laughs> if that's what it's like. Oh, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll do my
0: homework. i like, please don't send me back to the ranch. <laughs> uncle terry's a creep <laughs>
1: he chases bridges at night <laughs> yeah.
0: and he's got a dick like a donkey
1: what the fuck
0: <laughs> that was the thing for lot. La- anyway cut that out <laughs> a few weeks later while terry and gwen were enjoying a nice evening stroll around the ranch they heard a strange metal on metal banging noise not long before seeing the lights again again it was about 200 yards in the distance And again, they were thinking it was a vehicle of some sort. Terry headed towards it thinking it was just somebody who had gotten lost because this time it was actually on the road. Okay. But as he got closer, it just lifted off the ground, moved 50 yards back and landed softly and quietly. Huh. Terry recognized it now as the thing that he had seen with Tad and Dave. But being Terry, he was frustrated and he tried to get closer to it. And again, it moved back, clearly aware of them. Then suddenly they heard the metallic sound again and they turned around to see where it was coming from. But when they turned back around, the RV thing had disappeared completely. They walked to where it had been and they found no tracks in the mud or any other evidence that it had ever been there. So that's twice they saw it, right? Mm -hmm. And this seems to be like the thing with this ranch is things will happen like that multiple times, like with the wolf yeah like and i actually got it i think i got it wrong last week They they had seen the wolves in the distance a couple of times after i was like up close encounters but mm-hmm. then suddenly whatever activity will just disappear and like never happen again seemingly
1: yeah you know what i think is strange is that like okay like an animal right like a bunny okay okay when a bunny is scared and it knows or even suspects that you're going after it It'll keep running and it won't stop, right? But these things are just inching away a little bit. Oh, yeah. And then like waiting for you to catch up. And then, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, is it really trying to get away or is it leading you towards something?
0: Or is it just observing? Yeah. That seems to be an ongoing theme as well. It's just observation. Yeah. You know, And we'll actually, you'll find out more about that now as well. So, like I said, the family moved to the ranch in the fall of 1994. And as the winter came, so did the snow. But that didn't stop Terry from taking his nightly walks to the property to check on the cattle and other ranch, what have yous, fixing fences. <laughs> One evening on his way back to the homestead, he saw a large aircraft moving slowly towards him. It was matte black and was projecting lights on the ground. Although Terry couldn't see how it was actually producing these lights. right? He just... As if it was like a uh, like a searchlight, but it was multicolored and it had a pattern to it. Okay. So just say it was like red, green, blue, oh, red, okay. green, blue, or whatever. He said it looked like a smaller version of the B-2 stealth bomber, which is, I don't know. This is definitely a 90s kid thing. I think these stealth bombers were like the height of technology back in the day. Remember like the triangular shape? Okay. So... Anyway, I'll put a Instagram post. They look like post. Doritos. Yeah, look like Doritos, but the the wings are like staggered at the back, okay. right? Almost like a picket fence. I'm very bad at describing things, but I would certainly call it a triangular shaped aircraft. Anyway, Terry crouches down in the snow and he just watches it fly past. It looked like it was searching for something, but eventually it just turned the lights off and went off into the distance. He said it never changed speed. It was a very casual through his land real
1: chill yeah real Real chill chill. vibes
0: real silent as well Mm -hmm. which led him to think like this is not a b2 stealth bomber yeah because they're supposed to be incredibly loud yeah a few weeks later gwen had the house to herself for a night uh the kids were staying at friends and terry was away on business i don't know what kind of business mending
1: convention yeah, maybe. <laughs> how to build a better fence what? <laughs> he took your advice he was like well my fucking yeah. fences keep breaking <laughs> all my time
0: <laughs> fixing these goddamn fences <laughs> but gwen wasn't happy about being in the house anyway on her own because like it was a freaky place like this yeah, is the one thing like, that people don't seem to focus on is how just your
1: fucking s- cereal just goes missing man
0: and they're seeing these weird shadows and hear footsteps and the yeah. doors are opening and closing at random, like, no. So they're starting to learn now why the last people had all these locks on the doors.
1: Ah, oh, okay.
0: Anyway, as Gwen was coming down the driveway after work this night, she noticed that there was a black shadow, like a dark cloud, moving slowly over the car. It was a triangular object and it appeared to be following her car as she went. She was, like, deathly frightened. The triangular aircraft made no noise and flew no more than 20 or 30 feet above her car. It was exactly what Terry had described, multicolored lights and all. It followed her back to the house and like she hit the gas as soon as she kind of came to and she just gunned it back to the house and it just maintained the speed of her car. Wow. The whole time.
1: Just silent.
0: Yeah. And then when she stopped outside the house, it just casually went on the same as it had that night with Terry. So she gets into the house and she calls Terry in a panic and eventually she calms down. Terry probably told her, look, it just did exactly that to me. Only it seemed to be searching for something else. But about an hour later, as she was doing the dishes, she was looking out the kitchen window, as you do when you're doing your dishes. Mm -hmm. I do that. And about 200 yards from the house, in one of the pastures, she sees what looks like a large RV
1: camper van i'm really uncomfortable
0: saying the word rv to be honest
1: i mean it's a fridge what it's the fridge
0: oh yeah possibly the same yeah thing but anyway she she sees it she thinks it's a big camper she's trying to figure out what it's doing there like how could it have made it to the property like because that road goes right past her house she would have heard it oh and then she realizes that she can actually see into the interior of the RV. Shut
1: the fuck up, really? Yeah,
0: because it's so brightly lit and there's a big oh. window. She sees what looked like a desk. What? Then a figure in a black uniform and some sort of headgear moves into view and sits behind the desk. The fuck? Next, the figure suddenly stood up and went to what appeared to be a light-filled doorway, which I think just means the doorway of the craft, but yeah. because it was so light inside it had this ethereal kind of glow. Uh When she got a good look at this being, she noticed, quote, he appeared to be wearing all black clothing, something like a black visor over his face and knee-high boots. Sounds like the guys from Daft Punk, actually.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, you're right. right.
0: (laughs) She stood there staring for a while until she realized that this thing was staring directly back at her. Whoa! She quickly closed the curtains and called Terry in hysterics. And... In Terry's defense, he left the hotel that minute and drove all through the night to get home the next morning. Yeah. So obviously when he gets to the ranch, this craft is gone. But they walk over to where it had been and inspected the area. They found what looked like huge, smooth footprints, almost 18 inches long. They said it looked like boot prints with no... like no grooves in them anything. Yeah, ranch, yeah, just smooth. flat. But... I'm thinking, was that the actual, like, say, landing gear of this?
1: Oh, yeah, it could be. Yeah, that's a good point.
0: Craft, whatever it is. Uh But who knows? Now, at this point, the Shermans had started to hear little bits of rumors and hearsay about their land while they were, like, just out and about over the few months that they had lived there. I don't know that they necessarily believed all or any of them, but they knew that something was not quite right. Clearly. Yeah. And they also knew that locals and natives believed the land to be cursed. But whenever they asked why or, you know, for people to elaborate, they could never get like a straight answer from anyone. Uh. Much like when we research these kind of stories, a lot of the time it's just like, oh, it's haunted because it's, you know, it's haunted.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: Ghosts and shit.
1: Because ghosts.
0: Because ghosts, yeah. But according to Junior Hicks, remember, he was the guy who had taking it upon himself to document all of the UFO sightings and high strangeness in the area. Mm -hmm. He's like a 90-year-old electrician. Well, according to him, the members of the Ute tribe believe that the Navajo people had actually cursed them. And this is why they're plagued by the flim flocker for the last 15 generations, at least.
1: Cursed who, exactly?
0: So the Ute tribe Uh and the Navajo tribe.
1: Uh Uh-huh.
0: Like, I guess Utah is named after the Ute tribe. Uh Uh-huh. And they believe, the Ute tribe believed that the Navajo had cursed them. I'm about to explain more about that.
1: The Ute tribe? Yeah. Oh, okay.
0: So, this could be very whitewashed history. It's all depending on Junior Hicks's local knowledge, though. Okay. So, we're taking it for what it is. But initially, when the Spanish came over and started stealing land and causing chaos, the Utes and the Navajo were allies fighting for their land.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: But sometime in the 1800s, the Spanish won over the Ute tribe with horses and probably other bribes like yeah, yeah. drink and stuff like that. And around the same time, the Ute realized how profitable the slave trade was and started abducting Navajo and other native people to sell them in the New Mexico slave markets. Yeah. Then during the Civil War, there was certain bands of Ute members who took orders from some American army general in a campaign against the Navajo specifically. And so it's generally believed that the Navajo people cursed the Ute tribe because they were not very nice. Yeah. (laughs) If this is all true, Uh then they had every right. But it was the members of the Ute tribe who told this to Junior Hicks. So it definitely sounds plausible, you know. Mm -hmm. And again, just another interesting theory for all of the high strangeness on Sherman Ranch. We mentioned before how Terry was so proud of the fact that he was such a capable and efficient rancher, right? Yeah. Who took it as a personal affront if he lost any of his cattle for any reason. Mm -hmm. Well, it was a well-known fact that you could find Terry out in the middle of a snowstorm at 3 a.m. tending to newborn calves and and ensuring the safety of his herd. The winter of 1994 was no different. He was out rounding up his herd after a snowstorm and had them all accounted for, except for one that just happened to be a registered Angus breeding cow. I've learned quite a bit about these cows now. Sounds expensive. It So the initial... Pro- okay, let's just get into it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> let's so, talk
0: about it. Yeah, let's, let's discuss. No, I think from what I've gathered, you can buy one for around $2,000, which okay. isn't like absurd amount of money. But I think that's when they're around the age of two.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And then like you have to think about all the time and feed that you have given them over the years to make them into this prime thing of beef, which can be bred or sold for meat. Okay, so it's very profitable either way, I think. Anyway, Terry was said to have spent the guts of 24 hours on horseback this night, trotting through 12 inches of fresh snow looking for her when he tried the last place on the land. Now, you would think that he would have tried the last place the first time, but (laughs) anyway. Finally, he could see tracks in the snow as he rounded a particularly dense area of trees. He had finally found her. As he followed the footprints, Terry's hawk-eyed tracking told him that something was not quite right. He could tell that the cow had broken into a run at one point, which is unlikely behavior for a cow in a snowstorm. Apparently, they're much more likely to just huddle together or like next to some trees for shelter. Yeah. They're very resilient like that.
1: And I don't think I've ever seen a cow run.
0: Oh, a cow will run, man. Yeah? Yeah. Uh Take you down.
1: I mean, a bull, yeah. But like a cow, cow. I mean, a bull
0: is just a cow with a dick.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But like a cow. I just feel like the cow is just more, you know, like, you know, go with the flow.
0: Yeah. No, no, no. They will fuck you up. Yeah. The further he followed, the more erratic the tracks became, showing that the animal was clearly spooked, running from something at a top speed through dense brush. Terry knew that predators also didn't hunt during snowstorms, so what had she been running from? He had also taken note of the fact that there was no other footprints or tracks. It was definitely like, just this one lone cow. Yeah. And like, my mind was blown by this tracking skill. He was like, the snow had piled up, like, you know, to the left so I could see where she had picked up speed and shit like Yeah, that. that's amazing. Yeah, no, this dude's a fucking nut, like, insane. Finally, he came upon a clearing, the tracks leading him to the very center where they just stopped dead. This cow had been running full tilt up till this very point and then just vanished into thin air or ran through some sort of invisible doorway into another dimension.
1: Right. probably get the thought of that probably gave terry another ulcer <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: terry never saw the cow again
1: shut the fuck up this poor cow
0: gone forever <sighs> and she wasn't the only one to go missing either terry lost Think another... of the
1: cow man you know <laughs> like it's just
0: being barbecued on lanylos now
1: no it's it's probably like so scared you know and like in an environment that just it doesn't has never seen before like imagine the stress that this cow is under
0: maybe he landed in some or she landed in some sort of vegan heaven who knows hopefully like the windows background
1: and she lived happily <laughs> ever after that? huh
0: the old windows background was just oh massive. yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's where she is now
1: <laughs> and or, then like the little gray men just ride her yeah you yeah. know <laughs> And it doesn't hurt her because they're so small and light.
0: Yeah. But yeah, no. <laughs> but yeah, Terry lost another four of his prize cows over the next few months. So this is around $10,000 worth of cow just by initial investment. Yeah. Okay. Like I was saying, to buy them is around $2,000 a head. And then all the feed and the money and... Yeah, you're the, like the losing time. money
1: before you even get it back.
0: Yeah, like it's very hard. And I know this because a friend of mine, shout out Bernard... Actually works for the Department of Agriculture in Ireland. Uh And like farming is not profitable for the farmer. Yeah. You know.
1: It's definitely a traditional thing. Like keeping a tradition alive.
0: Yeah. for, For the most part. Yeah. And so Terry was. He was not a happy man at this point. Like he was extremely stressed out. Then in April of 1995. Terry and Tad were out on horseback. Trying to round up the herd. In the middle of a huge rainstorm. Which had been battering the ranch for two days already. Tad was chasing down a calf when he heard one of the heifers crying in distress because she had fallen into the canal. Now, the canal wasn't necessarily very deep, but all of the banks were completely muddy so the cow couldn't get back up. Uh It took Tad roughly 20 minutes to catch the calf and get it back to its mother. And then he went back for the other cow to pull it out with the intention of pulling her out of the canal. When he got back to the canal, however, he grew pale and just started shouting for his dad to help. Uh Uh-oh. The cow was dead in the water, but she hadn't drowned. What? There was no blood in the water either. Quote, It looked as if a six inch diameter, perfectly circular saw with a sucking device had jammed into the heifer's rear end and effortlessly sucked out the entire insides of the animal without any loss of blood. And it had happened right in the middle of a heavy rainstorm within the span of about 20 minutes, according to Tad.
1: What the fuck?
0: Yeah. Yeah and this would not be when did he
1: see it happen
0: no like
1: it was already done
0: yeah so he was running trying to catch this little calf yeah took stock of the fact that his no pun intended of the fact that his cow was in the canal i was Uh like okay i'll come like let me catch this calf i'll come back out help her out and get her back then
1: yeah yeah
0: 20 minutes later he came back
1: and something just hoovered the inside of her
0: (laughs) yeah essentially yeah What? And again, this would not be the last of the cattle mutilations. Three months after this, Terry found another cow dead. This one had its entire reproductive organs and rear end flawlessly carved out. An ear had also been removed with surgical precision. And Terry found a small pool of some gel-like chemical smelling liquid next to the cow's shoulder. He rushed to get a container to scoop some of it up and get it tested but by the time he got back the liquid had just evaporated the fuck? Terry at this point actually started to think that he was just a victim of some bizarre government experiment and he wasn't the only cattle mutilation victim to have this thought in fact <laughs> in the 1970s the cattle mutilation phenomena was pretty much at its peak in regards to media and politicians paying actual attention to the subject like they weren't just
1: brushing it, it off. off like, yeah. yeah.
0: Ranchers across several states had actually started shooting at low flying National Guard and other military helicopters anytime they saw them near their land because they too were convinced that it they was a government. Yeah. So the army was literally in danger because of the farmers.
1: Wow. That's
0: why the politicians had to start coming out and taking this seriously. Yeah. That was one reason, anyway, why. That
1: is so interesting.
0: Yeah. Another reason why it was so hard to ignore all of these reports was the sheer amount of them. Yeah. There was hundreds. Literally in according to the the book, the all
1: in the same area or, or just so, in the world. Like I mean it, like in the US.
0: Across two counties in Colorado alone in the seventies, there was uh-huh. over two hundred reports Damn. from separate ranches, right? Across fifteen states at least, there was thousands. And this was just like the problem area. Yeah. You know, and that was here, like in Texas, I think North Texas and Oklahoma and whatever else, like all basically the middle of America. Yeah.
1: Those poor cows.
0: Yeah. And again, that's just the reported cases. Yeah. A researcher named Tommy Bland may have uncovered the first official reports of cattle mutilation cases dating back as far as 1810 in England and Scotland, while Jacques Vallée who is one of the granddaddies of extra terrestrial research, came across this report which, quote, described an early cattle mutilation that took place in the 1890s when a farmer walked into his backyard and over his field saw a cigar-shaped craft floating about 40 feet off the ground. Below was one of his cows dangling by a thick cord. The craft got away, but he found his cow dead and badly cut and burned across the street the next day. So, like, 1890, they they don't even have airplanes back then, you know, yeah. and he's saying, no, nah, are just this cigar-shaped crap.
1: Something in the fucking sky, yeah.
0: yeah. Now, that's the only one I've ever heard of where they physically saw something attached to a cow. Yeah. But even still.
1: That's insane. Seeing that now would still be insane.
0: Oh, yeah. So, the Shermans were certainly not the first victims of cattle mutilation, but they weren't even the first ones to experience it in that area, or even the first ones who experienced it on that ranch. In the 60s and 70s, what would eventually become Sherman Ranch and other ranches in the surrounding area experienced a number of similar episodes, reported to the police. So many people made reports that investigators from the Colorado Bureau of Investigation would fly by helicopter to give their diagnosis of the scenes, and typically the only answer given would be quote, some sort of predator. I'll say. The few local vets who actually carried out necropsies on the poor animals, whoever, said these were absolutely not the work of any predator. There's <laughs> always that same stereotypical, like, surgical precision.
1: Terms like, th- being thrown around.
0: Yeah. So government cover-ups galore, but interestingly enough, a few ranchers have been caught trying to use the cattle mutilation bit for insurance fraud,
1: uh... which
0: I thought, you know, Fair enough, it adds the the human fallacy, right? Isn't yeah, that what it's called. Terry had noticed a couple of things though. The animals that were killed in these bizarre attacks usually took a long time to decay, and generally wouldn't be eaten by the scavengers or even have any like flies laying eggs in them. Oh, now, I suppose most ranchers would typically just bury anything like this anyway
1: to yeah. avoid
0: having like you know foxes or whatever come yeah. in and, and coyotes coyotes so they wouldn't naturally observe this kind of stuff yeah but terry did obviously a very observant person another thing that terry had noticed was that every time one of these attacks took place it would be preceded by lights the night before the yellow headlamps as they called them of the RV or the strange multicolored lights that were given off by that large stealth bomber type craft were just two of many different varieties of strange light shows that had become a regular feature of living on the ranch. Mhm.
1: Got it, the fridge and the Dorito. Yeah. <laughs> just a simple bite.
0: Straight up, yeah. One evening in the April of 1996, now we are jumping ahead a little bit here, but Terry was sitting outside, quote, looking west. And relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine this very stressed, stoic Terry telling Gwen. He is Gwen, just
1: a ball of nerves. Yeah.
0: Gwen, I am just going to go outside, sit, look west, and relax. <laughs> there was this large orange thing in the sky. But at this point, he was so used to this particular phenomena that it didn't even bother him. Yeah, And I will get into that next week
1: (laughs) just imagine him like moving his rocking chair the other way yeah like just slightly Uh. to the the right
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) 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 that's why he's specifically looking west (laughs) but yeah no this one didn't even bother him we'll discuss this one more next week but he's sitting there with his three dogs who are very loyal very protective working dogs right (laughs) these dogs were like everything else the shermans did Seemed to just be perfect. Like, they would wrangle the cattle and all in. Mm. Like, no problem. And I actually think they were the same, like, the Van Wives dogs.
1: Oh, the little sheep dogs?
0: Yeah, that type of breed.
1: Oh, I love those dogs. Yeah. They look little hairy sausages. Yeah,
0: but these guys were, like, protective of the land as well, right? Yeah. So suddenly, he sees a flash of intense blue. He'd seen these before, too. They were orbs, and they usually meant trouble. The year before, one of them had flown so close to Terry and Gwen, right outside the homestead, that they got a perfect view and they described it as follows. The exterior of the orb was a clear, hard shell, not unlike glass, It was maybe two or three times the size of a baseball, and inside the glass-like interior moved a swirling, intensely blue substance. It seemed to Terry like a liquid beginning to boil, a nearly bubbling incandescent blue fluid he could hear a faint crackling sound from the object, like static electricity sometimes makes. Lights would dim as these orbs flew close to them, as if it was sucking the energy out of them, and they seemed to be intelligently controlled and very capable of extremely skilled manoeuvres, which they found out when Gwen shone her flashlight at the one that stopped right in front of them. It seemed to think that the flashlight was a weapon or something like that, and it just flew off through the trees. But these orbs also seem to be able to instill an unnatural fear. As in, not just a overwhelming, terrifying fear, but like a synthetic fear. Okay, Terry was able to differentiate. Like they were in charge of the nearby person's emotions somehow, or it could project onto them. Mm. Right, but Terry described it as like he was aware of the fact that this fear wasn't his fear.
1: How interesting. Yeah,
0: right. So... Anyway, Terry and the dogs alike had seen this orb coming in their direction now and were on full alert. The dogs were already barking.
1: That's funny. Like, I want to believe Terry, but because he's so, like, no nonsense, like, that statement just rings untrue a little bit. Where It's like, I'm not scared. You know, like oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> somebody was scared, yeah. but you know, somebody like somebody else's fear is on me. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> that's a good point. I actually never thought about
1: <laughs> Like, I want to believe you, Terry, but <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, so by now the dogs are already barking and this thing changed direction and went off north. Terry was pissed off. He typically ignored these things as best as he could, but this night. He decided to just let the dogs go after it. The dogs bolted. And when they drew close, the orb lowered down to just a few feet off the ground so that the dogs could get close enough to almost catch it. But it would dodge their jaws at the last second. Terry realized that it seemed to be teasing them. It seemed to be luring them into a thicket of trees. Oh, no. And when it got to the trees, it slowed down Mm
1: -hmm.
0: almost lazily as it moved through, very intelligently avoiding the trees in the thicket. And obviously, the dogs were after it, like flies on shit. Once they were out of sight, Terry heard, quote, the unmistakable, fear-filled yelps of dogs in mortal agony. <gasps> then an eerie silence. No. The dogs were never seen again. No. According to Terry, he waited until the next morning before going to investigate, because he was actually very attached to these dogs. Yeah. And he was, But like... He's a rancher. You know what I mean? Like animals are
1: animals. But now
0: he was actually very close with these dogs. And he didn't know how to tell Gwen and the family. So anyway, when he finally went to investigate the next morning, all he found was three large circles of brown dried out grass in the middle of a clearing just beyond the thicket of trees. Now, a chap claiming to be Terry and Gwen's nephew said that he witnessed it too. And that it actually looked like the animals had been pressed into the ground, but that each animal was surrounded by what looked like burn marks, as in whatever had crushed them was hot around the edges. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I'm i taking that guy's thing with an extra pinch of salt. Because yeah. I don't really know who he is.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like there's no mention of him.
0: Yeah. In the book. Yeah. There's no it's mention. just a random. Yeah. And he just, now there's a nephew. Yeah. And he was on the TV show. Uh-huh so I was like eh. but he did seem to know his way around the ranch anyway, okay
1: okay
0: by June of 1996, the family were just about at their wits end. It had been almost two years since they had moved onto to the ranch and there was just so much strange activity taking place that word had gotten out by now like so so much for the privacy that they had wanted. Well one day a stranger shows up and he explains that he had driven a long distance for the chance to meditate on their land. This man was well over six foot tall and well built, but he practically pleaded with Terry until he finally said okay. So Terry and Tad drove the stranger about a mile into the land when the stranger said, stop, this is it, this is the spot. It was a small pasture surrounded by trees. Go to the center of the pasture but kept about 30 yards away so the guy could like, you know, do his thing. Mm -hmm. But Terry and Tad were both kind of like taking the piss a little bit, you know, like Tad was definitely like laughing away up in the truck, being like, who is this weirdo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway, they just kind of let the hippie do his thing. Yeah. So the fella stands there with his hands out and his eyes closed, looking like some sort of holy man. And then Terry hears the sudden chime of a cowbell in the distance. The thing is, though, none of Terry's cows wore bells.
1: Oh, see, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, I mean, why
1: would like, you? i like, the guy has cows, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. But this sound was coming from the trees, and it was getting closer. Oh, no. All Terry could see was a fast, blurry shape moving from tree to tree, as if circling its prey.
1: It was Will Ferrell when he did the <laughs> SNL skit. <laughs> the <laughs> SNL skit.
0: <laughs> I can't even do the <laughs> cowbell noise. more cowbell (laughs) but all of a sudden this thing bolted from the trees directly to the meditating stranger still just a blur of nothingness even in broad daylight Terry guessed it must have been going about 50 or 60 miles per hour and it stopped just inches from the stranger and let out a deafening roar that drove him back 10 feet and made him fall to the ground screaming and crying Terry said the only way he could describe this huge creature was like when you see heat distortion on a hot day, but almost pixelated.
1: The fuck?
0: Yeah. And just like that, after it let out this as it they described it as a half lion, half bear scream, louder than anything they had ever heard, it just sped off back into the trees. But like Terry could still follow it for a, a good distance from yeah, yeah. the trees.
1: Visually, yeah.
0: Yeah. After a minute, Terry ran over to the still screaming stranger to see if he was okay. And when the guy saw Terry standing over him, he jumped up and wrapped his arms around him, bawling his eyes out. Terry tried, but couldn't free himself from the stranger's grip. Remember, this is a big dude. Yeah. But eventually, he quietly told the strange man, If you do not let go, I am going to hit you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) In in true Terry form.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But the stranger refused. Yeah. He said, I will let go if you promise to get me back to my car. Yeah. But even then.
1: I'm curious to know if he saw the same thing that Terry did. No idea. You see what I'm saying?
0: But even at this point, like, they walked back to Terry's truck while the man was still holding on to Terry. Wow. They had to get into the back seat. Because the guy oh, wouldn't let go of That poor man. Yeah, and so Tad drove them back to his car. When they finally got back to the car, he just sped off erratically and said, I will never come back. This place is cursed. He was never seen again on the ranch, at least. So I'm not saying he just disappeared into thin air, but yeah. he's stuck to his word and he never came back. Sometime later, the family were watching the movie Predator, and they both yelled out in unison, "That's what we saw!"
1: <laughs> wow, they
0: said that looked exactly yeah like what they had seen. Yeah, the, I guess the thing. Have you
1: seen that? Movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh shit! And I get
0: like, there's no way to that's describe. Terrifying. Yeah, that. that's like, like it's kind of, it, when it's in like camouflage mode or whatever it's called. Like,
1: yeah, it's almost like the ripple that water makes.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I think that that incident might have been the straw that broke the camel's back are certainly one of the final straws because Terry soon went to the papers, specifically the Desiree News, where he spoke with reporter Zach Van Eyck. I mean, he he was desperate at this point. He had lost so much money in cattle alone and he was half hoping that if this was some sort of military exercise, that by him drawing the public's attention to it, the military would be forced to stop. Yeah, That's how desperate this man was, like... All he wanted was privacy. Yeah. And all of this has led to him going to the papers and saying, Yeah. Crazy shit is happening. Yeah. The article kind of went like 1990s viral. Uh-huh. Uh got picked up by a bunch of other like science, like, uh, like science monthly type. Yeah. Magazines and papers back in the day. And it soon caught the attention of the National Institute for Discovery Science and their super rich founder, Robert Bigelow who swooped in and bought the property as a gigantic science experiment. Mm. And that's where I will pick up next week for the Sherman Ranch Part 3.
1: That had to have been the smartest decision he ever fucking made, because at the very least, like, if the guy wanted it so bad, he could name his price and then maybe recuperate the money that he lost.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's all he wanted at this point. He was just like, I need to save my family. Right. (laughs) And... um
1: cuz i mean not only are they just like on the brink of insanity they're going broke.
0: Yeah, literally he was. Yeah. On like they mentioned it a few times throughout the book they were literally on the verge of bankruptcy. Yeah. Um they weren't like super wealthy people or anything they mm-hmm. were were comfortable before this. Now they were just bust. Yeah. But yeah, so Robert Bigelow Bigelow, <laughs> but Robert Bigelow who is i think like up to five years ago worth like 700 million
1: god damn yeah
0: like he is one of those people that has so much money that he can afford to do this kind of stuff
1: yeah to Um, be that rich yeah it's like criminal like you have to be doing some shady shit
0: yeah but hey i mean we got some books and tv shows out of it so yeah um and yeah so so
1: let's exploit the shit out of him
0: yep (laughs) but yeah so thanks everybody hope you all enjoyed that episode before we go, I will just mention one more time that the Patreon now just has a single tier. It's $2. But as well, follow us on all of the things now. We've got TikTok, uh, search Weekly Creep Adam and Weekly Creep. Dulce's Twitch, Kitty Cat Country, and her YouTube is the same name.
1: Right? Yeah, all Ks.
0: And you're streaming at
1: Kitty every Cat Sunday. Country, every Sunday, yeah. And I, I think I've decided that the second time that I'm going to stream is going to be Friday's. So I'm going to add Fridays. I think this Friday will be the first Friday that I'll start the schedule.
0: Okay. So if you do, like, if you use Twitch, just check out the schedule. And yeah, you can see, you can also turn on notifications so you can know when Dulce goes live.
1: Yeah. Fridays are book reviews slash book clubs. If you want to read along to see, if you want to know what I'm reading, so you can read along and we can discuss on stream live. Uh, Follow me on Instagram because that's where I post what I'm playing and what I'm going to be reading
0: and that's at kitty cat country correct Mm -hmm. okay
1: just kitty cat country not kitty cat country
0: too oh yeah sorry (laughs) kitty cat country as well so yeah don't forget to follow us on wherever you want to follow us and also please leave us lovely ratings and reviews that literally helps other people notice us otherwise we don't get any sort of exposure but the more people that rate and review the more people it gets recommended to And, yeah, if you have any, like, suggestions for any particular, even if, like, little small um, stories that you might have heard that you want us to cover, like, we could do a TikTok about it or something now. Yeah. Or we uh, can just
1: collect them until they are, like, enough to make an episode out of.
0: Yeah, that's also true. Mm -hmm. That's also true. Okay. And, uh, yeah, thanks, everybody. Yeah, thanks. Goodbye. Bye. And they would hear these heavy black footsteps just walking around the windows. They saw a black faceless figure. Did you say
1: heavy black footsteps. <laughs> yeah. Oh I'm like, I don't think you can hear color. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck.
0: I meant boots.
1: <laughs> say that again.
0: He finally tracked it down. As he followed the tracks, Terry's hawk eyed tracking. Tracking, tracking. What the fuck did I write? <laughs> Sorry, let me start. <laughs> did you thing.
1: write tracking several times?
0: Many times.
1: Shut the fuck up. Like, right after? Oh, no, no, no. But oh. it was
0: like every fucking 2nd word. we're just oh. tracking.
1: <laughs>